Good morning once again, God's beloved. Okay. I just want to express some gratitude to so many of you, and I'm not going to name y'all, but we have had, this is our fifth service in a week. So without all of you, we would not have been able to do that. We've had a Monday, Thursday service, a Palm Sunday service. We had Waffle Church Communion this morning. We had a blessing of the animals yesterday afternoon. And finally, this is our Easter traditional service. So thank you for everyone who's made those things possible. And I just want to turn your attention, for those of you that there's an extra thing in the bulletin that gets our Easter Lily information. Most of those were given in honor or memory of someone that is beloved to folks in this congregation. So if you would just flip that over, that is where these beautiful Easter lilies came from. <coughs> and will you turn with me to scripture? This blessed Easter Sunday comes from the Gospel of Luke. But on the first day of the week at early dawn, they came to the tomb. Taking the spices they had prepared, they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words and returning from the tomb, they told all of this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale. And they did not believe them, but Peter got up and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen clothes by themselves. Then he went home, amazed as what has happened. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Once again, please join me in the responsive reading that's printed in your bulletin and on the screen. On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, women took the spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb. When they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were wondering about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. In their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground, but the man said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. Amen. Amen. Will you go to God with me once again in prayer? 
wondrous creator, we come to you this blessed Easter morning with hearts amazed that we are so loved. We come to this sacred space to worship and to celebrate your son, the risen one. And again, with the same prayer as I pray every Sunday morning, that you once again let the words of my mouth and the meditations of our collective hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Open our ears to hear this word and know your voice. Speak to our hearts and strengthen us in unimaginable ways so that we may continue to serve you today, now and always. Amen. Amen. Y'all, it's going to be relent. <laughs> by the time we get here, it is a lot, right? We've experienced the 40 days of Lent, Ash Wednesday, Palm Sunday, Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, and finally we've arrived here for the resurrection. I don't know about y'all, but this has been a beautiful season for our church in my personal ministry career and liturgically. We've experienced the ashes of Ash Wednesday, the discipline of Lent, Palm Sunday, obviously, back to Monday, Thursday, and the grief that is within it, a blessing of God's beloved animals yesterday, and finally a sunrise service with waffles. We've had an Easter egg hunt, and now we're here to this beautiful service. So look around. I know this is your first Easter in this space as well, so just look around and soak it in. Look what God has done through the risen Christ. And now we turn back to the big picture of Easter in the scripture today. Today begins the season of what's called Eastertide. I don't know who I was talking to. Maybe Janelle. We were talking about what Eastertide is. It's 50 days of celebrating Jesus' resurrection, outpacing the 40 days of Lent. It is at the utmost celebration of what happened and the love that Christ is just beginning on Easter Sunday. It makes up roughly one-seventh of the entire year in effect a Sabbath in the starkest, most obvious form. For the liturgical year as a whole, the resurrection is so great a mystery and it calls for so grand a party that merely one day won't do. Bring on the 50 days of celebration. At the very onset of Luke's gospel, the priest Zechariah sings a song known today as the Benedictus, including the line, by the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness and in a shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Now at last that dawn has come and some of us witnessed it this morning. Easter Sunday is just the beginning Jesus' resurrection is just the first fruits of the harvest. It's an encouraging glimpse of what is ahead. Accordingly, it comes not as a solution to creation's problems, but as a profound assurance that a new irrevocable era has dawned, and in the end, love and justice, shalom and joy have the final word. The sun will surely rise. So let's recap what happened in Luke. I think this will be our third kind of recap because we had a reading that did that as well. The women, after they rested on Sabbath, arrived to embalm his body the next day, the first day of the week. This is a poetic turn suggesting a new beginning. We celebrate Easter Sunday, but this likely would have been on a Monday for the women, more like the first day of the week, as Sabbath was Friday into Saturday. Ancient tombs were typically sealed with a massive stone, like we talked about in our children's sermon. 
and it has been mysteriously rolled away at the early light. The body of the deceased is nowhere to be found, and instead, two dazzling figures. Does this sound familiar? I don't know. For those of you that were here when we talked about the transfiguration, right? It's kind of echoing that. They appear beside the women and question them, why do you look for the living among the dead? Oof, right? Imagine your loved one passing. You're at the funeral home, gravesite, or hospital bedside. And someone asks you, why do you look for the living among the dead? And as a chaplain in my previous life, I can imagine how disorienting this question must have been for the biblical women of Easter. There is no sign that the women were expecting the resurrection. Jesus had spoken of it before, but like the male disciples, they either don't remember or don't understand. And I get that. Although there are mystical traditions in Greek literature of resurrection, it would be hard to believe even for the Hebrew people in real life. The dazzling messengers remind them this way. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee? We know the rest of that. We've read it two or three times this morning. He told you, right? Why do you not believe? One thing to note, the Greek term for remember is menesco. It means more than remember, more than just recollection. It means something more like to bring past actions to bear upon the present with new power and insight. It's like remembering on steroids with your body. The same underlying word appears in Mary's Magnificat with reference to God helping Israel in remembrance of God's mercy. And also in the crucified thief's plea, Jesus, remember me. It's a tangible, consequential kind of recalling and a form of remembering that is at the same time a form of action. And for those women, those Easter women at the tomb, it carries the force of an epiphany and a commission. And returning from the tomb, they told all of us, this to the eleven and to all the rest. The men receive those women's proclamation. It's an idle tale, or another translation has it, nonsense. They don't believe, and it could be because they were women, but it could also be because this story was so profound. Here Luke deploys the same term, apisteo, that he later uses in Acts, for those who refuse to believe. Paul's preaching. The irony here is so intense that this is the first post-Easter Christian sermon <laughs> proclaimed by Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other woman who doesn't even have a name, and the men. The supposed apostles refused to believe it because their friend to them had died and they were grieving. It's Easter Sunday for us, but the reading from Luke is hardly a simple story of triumph. It's just the beginning. And rightly so, since a mystery as fathomless as Easter can only begin on a single day. It beckons us to enter into its depths and riches for the 50-day season that is to follow. What we celebrate here this morning on the days to come, Easter tide, only gets more profound when we recognize that Jesus' resurrection foretells our own. That's where it gets deeper, right? 
that we also get to be resurrected because Jesus was resurrected. Easter Sunday is not the end of Lent. I mean, it is. <laughs> but it's the beginning of Eastertide. And in a deeper sense, it's the beginning of Christian life together, lived in the light of God's resurrection. New hope. One that surpasses the injustice of the cross. The trumpets and the lilies, the chimes, they signal not a final victory, but a commencement or a launch, a kickoff, a dawn of a new day for how we are to be in this world. And that new day still has shadows. It still has wounds. And I have it here in my notes. Note the still wounded Savior when he shows them his hands. It has struggles. It has doubts. Indeed, if our first reaction to a report of resurrection is skepticism, we are in good company. Jesus' own disciples, the ones who knew him best, initially refused to believe. Peter, after seeing for himself that the tomb is empty, is amazed. But he's not yet convinced. And as we'll see in the weeks ahead, this kind of stance, amazed and not convinced, is more often what Easter looks like and what our faith looks like as disciples. After all, there are at least two ways to miss a miracle. First, to dismiss it, to reject it readily, as if astonishing things never happen. And second, to domesticate it, to accept it too readily, as if it's just ordinary and not astonishing at all. But this is astonishing, right? The way that Jesus rose, the way he transformed those he worked in community with, the way he continues to impact the lives of those 2,000 years later is an astonishing miracle. This week, for me, has underscored this message. As many of you come to tell the story of new disciples, you bear your own scars and your own wounds. You share the stories of loss amidst the story of ultimate hope and joy. We are doing a new and great thing here. But it's not without sorrow. It's not without grief and loss. And that loss might, in fact, make what we're doing and who we are through this resurrection, our resurrection, even more profound. As we say he has risen this morning, let us also be reminded that we, too, experience the resurrection in literal and metaphorical ways. So say it. He is risen. He is risen. Then say, we are risen. We are risen. And what about those women? Which I find just really profound now that we've had this Easter of Women story group and we've shared so many things in our Bible studies. They take their amazement another step. Whether or not they're completely convinced, they still proclaim the mystery. They announce the good news. They are the original apostles. Precisely where the men are slow of heart, as it says in the Greek Testament. Precisely where Peter is silent, those women courageously and eloquently preach. To anyone who argues that women should not be leaders in the Christian church at the highest level, this story stands as luminous. Let us proclaim that very same good news as the women of Easter did. Easter Sunday. What is the good news of this gospel today, 2,000 years later? For those who have despair in death, 
dealing powers have upper hand. Fear not. Eastern means God ultimately is and will be and will continue to be victorious over the powers of death and injustice. For those who despair that their guilt is too great for God to forgive, fear not. Easter means that God has cleared those accounts, liberating humanity from shame, reconciling us to God and each other as God's children. For those of us who despair in the midst of pain and anguish, you are not alone because even Jesus suffered those same things with you. He sits with you in solidarity and companionship. Easter means you too get to rise. We as a church will rise and continue to be the living justice in this world. For those who despair over a world filled with hate, violence, and scapegoating, be encouraged. In Christ's passion, God has taken the place of a scapegoat in order to expose humanity's violent ways. And Easter means that God ultimately overcomes violence in the end with love. Easter means that God has taken one of the worst things in the world, the Roman cross, which historically was violent, and a sword into plowshare, and if the worst, then also the whole creation in the end, like the cross, the empty tomb has been transformed into a great divine mystery. Rising sun, dispelling shadows in ultimate directions. For me, the Easter story is the story, right? That there's nothing that God can't overcome. That we rise as Christ has risen. Amen. Amen.